Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are here once again for the Fantasy Favorites podcast with Tony Squares and Chris Dell. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the North Shore Drive podcast family has given us the reins to guide you through the fantasy football season, both on the airwaves and on YouTube on the PG Sports Now YouTube page. So give us a like, give us a subscribe. If you want to win your fantasy league, if you want to make all your friends jealous of how good you're playing, listen to us, Tony Squares, Chris Dell, Dell being the sports editor of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Fantasy analyst lead family fantasy analyst over there i'm just an idiot that knows a lot about football and can talk a mean game but together we make a beautiful pairing and we are ready to kick off finally the nfl season we're here dell there's football in the air thursday night football has happened we're looking at the sunday slate and trying to hammer out some winners are you ready matt um i'm ready to go man i uh i got all my team i think i might draft an extra team this afternoon just afternoon, just to get one more in there, Tony. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I had about 50 different slow drafts going simultaneously over the last week, and those finally ended. So I'm feeling a little bit of the withdrawal mode right now, but I think about 8.15 tonight Eastern time, I'll, I'll be all squared away and ready to go, man. So, Dell, let me ask you, before we break down the positional groups today, we're going to tell you who to start, who to sit, some buys, some sells, some sleepers, some busts. We're going to go through every position out there to help you win your fantasy week right here, right now. But before we get there, Dell, we've all just done our fantasy drafts. Take away the best ball drafts. Talk about the uh, the leagues that you are managing week to week, in and out. Is there one player in particular you drafted more than anyone else? Because I got somebody. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, and um... – there's certain guys I wanted to draft more than others <laughs> and, and couldn't draft because of the way that my draft played out. Right. Yeah. But I think the guy I kind of forced myself at the end to make sure I had a large share of is Tony Pollard. We talked mm. about him on our running back show. He was my lead uh, or he was on my lead article on the post Gazette fantasy favorites, top running backs article in the preseason. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys backfield was a gold mine last year and you remove yeah. all the touchdowns all the yards from Zeke Elliott. They've got no one on that depth chart that's going to rival Pollard for yeah. any touches this year. So I had to make sure I got him. I missed him in a couple of my first initial big home league drafts. Had to make sure the last couple ones I closed out strong. And I was willing to reach as far as a top five or even top six first round mm. pick to get him. 
Yeah, that 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 is a a commitment that you have to make. And I found myself. I don't play in as many leagues as you do, but in every league I was in, I found myself drafting Javante Williams as a running back later on in the draft. I've fallen in love with the guy. Everything I read up on him, everything I read up on what Sean Payton wants to do in that offense, I'm a Javante Williams believer. He's on almost every single one of my teams, and there's a lot of hope there. It could fail, but there's a lot of hope. But let's break down the players that aren't necessarily on our teams, but on everyone's teams, and figure out who we should key in on. Let's start right away, Dell. Let's jump into it with the quarterback position. We're each going to give you two names. It might be a buy. It might be a sell. Dell, let's start off with you, the quarterback you want to start off talking about the fantasy football season with. Yeah, I'm going to start off with one of my favorites. And I want to preface this by saying that uh, I'm using according to my rankings versus the industry rankings, right? There's mm. about 150 to 200 expert rankers in the fantasy pro system that I'm a part of the rankings accuracy competition and you can see on my rankings who I'm higher on versus consensus who I'm lower on so I don't want to talk about guys I don't want to talk about Patrick Mahomes being number one right yeah because he's the number one ranked quarterback in the industry I've got him number one I mean, there's really no point if you, if you him, have him you start you him, there's him, no question him, right? and, yeah. and I think similar things goes for this isn't a DFS show right so we're not going to talk about Jalen Hurts Josh Allen yeah. those guys are gonna be at the top of the board every single week I want to work yeah. further down to like guys who you might have two quarterbacks on your roster you're trying to figure out which yeah. one you might need a streamer of the week because your starter has a bad matchup. Maybe your starter in the future gets hurt and you figure out who you want to pick up off the waivers to put in place of him. So for me, I want to go to a guy within that top 10, top 15 range, borderline starter, right? But to me, it's Geno Smith with Seattle. And I wrote him up in, in my Post-Gazette Fantasy Favorites quarterback edition in the preseason. And look, I'm three spots higher than consensus. It's not a huge difference. I have him quarterback eight. Uh, and I essentially have them behind the big five or six. We're talking about yeah. the three I mentioned, you know, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. The only other guy I have above him uh, outside of that group is Justin Herbert. So Geno Smith, to me, quarterback eight, you're talking about a Rams secondary that was absolutely decimated uh, in the offseason. They have absolutely nobody left other than just Aaron Donald on an island by himself. I mean, just have your entire offensive line block him and you're going to be good to go because there's no other threats on that last Los Angeles Rams defense. I like the fact that the Seahawks are also playing this game here at home. They're going to come out with something to prove. Geno Smith last year led the league in completion rate above expectation. He adds yep. Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who, by the way, broke his He's wrist. So people thought he was going to be out till week six. He's playing. So He's you're playing. talking about arguably the best. And look, you, you know I'm a Cincinnati fan, Tony, but I think Seattle's got an argument for the best wide receiver trio in the league this year with DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, Smith and Jig, but you add another rookie running back to the mix. Kenneth Walker now also Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. LA, man. All the weapons are there. I see Seattle's offense smashing. And talking about what offense did I want shares of in my drafts, I came away with every single home league draft with multiple players from the Seahawks on my fantasy team. So I love Geno Smith for week one. I do too, man. Gino was on my short list here of guys I was going to bring up, but I'll go to one that I'm going to sell away. I fully agree with the Gino buy that Rams defense is going to be terrible. And if you decide between two guys, go with Gino. If you decide between two guys, I think you should try to stay away from Tua this week. And I, I love Tua. I love that Miami offense. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But this week in this matchup in particular, to me, is not one that I trust Tua to succeed in versus some other quarterbacks that are out there. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers were terrible against the run last year. And we know the Mike McDaniel, he comes from that Kyle Shanahan world. They want to be able to establish the run and run the football. A cadre of running backs back there. Who knows who's actually going to be the bell cow. But they're going to try to run the football on this Chargers defense. 
and the Chargers offense playing against Miami is going to have a tough time moving the ball down the field. It's going to be up and down on what the score of this game is actually going to be. And I just believe that J.C. Jackson being healthy, all these players on the Los Angeles Chargers, the pass rushes that they have with the trouble that uh, Miami's going to have blocking these guys. I just think Tua's in for a long day here. I think they focus on the run, and I'm against Tua at least in week one. Sorry again to those Miami faithful. Dell, quarterback number three here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to another buy here. Wow, one of my favorite quarterbacks for the week. And uh, you're looking at the jersey I'm wearing here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm repping Washington. Sam it's, Howell? This isn't his jersey, but Sam Howell, oh. baby. Sam, Sam Howell is my ultimate quarterback sleeper. You know, I had a list of guys that I wrote up in my, in my preseason post-Gazette Fantasy Favorites quarterback article. And I, and I mentioned, look, like the draft cost is too high to get Hurts, uh, even Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Uh, Jalen Hurts, et cetera, uh, and Josh Allen, I mean. And, you know, obviously there's some guys in that mid-range, but for me I wanted one of Daniel Jones, uh, Anthony Richardson, or Geno Smith. But if I couldn't yeah. get one of those guys, my break glass in case of emergency was always Sam Howell because we saw that even in Sam Howell's seat last year uh, playing college football, he had more rushing yards than Anthony Richardson at, Flor uh, Anthony Richardson at Florida last year alone. This guy can run the ball. We saw in his lone start at the end of last year – Five carries, 35 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Now he's got some decent weapons around him. Terry McClure is another guy we thought was going to be missing multiple weeks out of the gates. He's practicing this week. There's a good chance Terry McLaurin plays. Jahan Dotson's due for a second-year wide receiver breakout season. You add some uh, talented running backs into the mix with Brian Robinson, my guy Antonio Gibson there. So for me, well, let's talk about the main reason. Is this Arizona Cardinals defense and this team in yes. general? If you've seen the clips from Jonathan Gannon's speeches – on it's Twitter, bad. on X, I mean, it, 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 is, it, is, it, it looks like a spoof video. It looks like it's not even yeah. real. It, I mean, it's, it's, like the, it's like the Borat of NFL it's coaching. Like, yeah, it's like Tim Robinson. Uh, you, uh, yeah, I think he should so, leave, does NFL. And, and my, look, my only concern is like, you know, I, I, I probably would have Sam Howell higher, but I'm like, what if the commanders are up 30-0 to zero in the third quarter and they just don't need to throw the ball anymore because that's how bad this Arizona team can be. But I believe week one – you're going to be as competitive as you're going to be for a possible tanking team like Arizona. So I've got Sam Howell as my quarterback, 15, four spots above consensus. If you're looking at between him, I got Sam Howell over Kirk Cousins. I have Howell over Brock Purdy. I have Howell over Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. So I like Sam Howell a decent amount this week. I'd be more than comfortable with him as my week one quarterback, one starter in fantasy. That's a lot of love for Sam Howell. That is a lot of love for a man known as Sam Howell. I'm going to go with a guy that I'm not a huge, huge fan of this season, and I'm not a huge fan of this team, but he's just a stud, and he's continuously put up big, big numbers, and I know his coach came out of the gates and said, we want to uh, – we want to run the ball more. We want to. Uh, we don't want to focus on the pass. We don't. We want to be able to control the ball and do all these other things and blah blah blah. Dak Prescott is an absolute G, and I think he's going to come in New York. And I, I this Wink Martindale defense that New York likes to run. I know they have Isaiah Simmons. I know they have all these new pieces that they're going to just rush the quarterback. They blitz more than anyone in the world. And last year, both Cowboys quarterbacks, Dak Prescott especially, were top five in the league in expected points per attempt when facing pressure and facing the blitz. This team just knows how to beat it. They have players to beat it. They know where the dump-offs are. Your boy Tony Pollard out there catching – 
little screen passes, taking him to the house, a lovely set of tight ends that they can dump the ball off to, and, of course, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and all those players. If Wink Martindale blitzes, which he will, this is not an if, this is what he does. If Wink Martindale blitzes, Dak Prescott will be able to take advantage of that. I think Dallas scores a lot of points here, and I know drafting Dak, you're not happy. You missed out on some of the top eight studs. You're now deciding between Dak and a guy like Daniel Jones or whoever, and you're like, ah, man, fantasy's already taken off a rocky start. Don't worry. Dak's going to finish as a top five quarterback this week. I'm all in on Dak against the Giants. But, Dell, to close out our quarterback talk of this week, we do have the first ever, the first ever of the 2023 season fantasy favorite debut of the bust of the week. Who is it, Dell? It's a quarterback. I'm, I'm worried. Did I draft this guy? Who's the bust of the week? You, you might you, you might have been involved in some type of massage scenario with this guy, but it's uh, oh, Deshaun no. Watson with the Cleveland Browns. It's uh you know I've been low on him in my preseason rankings, uh, Tony, and uh, it's it's a tough matchup week one. The Bengals defensively were actually one of the top five fantasy defenses against opposing quarterbacks in 2022, and they added guys in, in the offseason as well. Miles Murphy, very talented edge rusher. Out of Clemson is going to bolster that defensive line. And you know with the Browns, like they're going to come out and they're going to try to run the ball and they're going to try to win with their defense. And those are things that have actually been successful against Cincinnati uh, over these last couple seasons as well. They're not going to come out. And, and these reports out of, out of the training camp, you'd think that, you know, usually the training camps when everyone's saying like, you know, hey, look, yeah. I saw I saw Chris Dell and Tony Squares at, at training camp and they had six packs. It looked like they were in the best shape of their lives. And there wasn't any positive news coming out with Deshaun Watson. The reports are that he was struggling in training camp. So for me, yeah, I just, not great. You know, we're trading Watson right now. We're treating him in the industry, not me personally, as he was a Texans quarterback multiple years ago. It's been like almost yeah. three years since this guy played good NFL football. I'm worried that what he's done to his public image, uh, quarterback is a mental game. And I'm, I'm seriously concerned that Watson will never be able to mentally recover Oof. from what he's put himself through these last couple of years. And the Browns, it's just a sunk cost fallacy. Like they're just not going to let it. They're just they're just going to continue to put them out there until all things go to hell. There's a lot of people in the industry that picked not just fantasy, but picked Cleveland to be a playoff team and to be a player in this AFC North division. And I never saw it. I never saw it. Deshaun Watson last year, out of 48 total passers, out of 48 total passers, quarterbacks that threw a ball last year, Deshaun Watson was the worst one when on balls thrown short distance, one to five yards down the field. He was also the worst one on balls thrown 20-plus yards down the field. So whether it was short or it was deep, he was 48th out of 48. Yes, he can improve. Yes, he was rusty. But the fact that people think he's going to be back to being a top five quarterback in the league boggles my mind. He goes down as the official bust of the week. What a re what an award we can give old belly rub over there in Cleveland. But let's move on to the running backs. It's time to talk about the studs, the people you drafted earlier. Maybe you went zero RB and you're trying to decide between some guys on the fringe. Dell, who are we looking at? What's the first running back we're talking about in week one? Yeah, well, I want to preface this by saying that uh, th this show is going to come out probably Friday. Uh, but I, I do I do love if, – if this guy played Sunday against the Chiefs, I would be absolutely all over the show on David Montgomery. So I'm just going to put that out there now for tonight. But obviously this is going to be – I also got I, – I may have some prop plays on Jameer Gibbs myself. But, yeah, let's keep going. David Montgomery I love. But, yeah, so, uh, for, for, for Sunday, uh, Alexander Madison to me, a uh, guy I've been you super love this high guy. on. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, is that you, you start to look at your week one rankings versus your season-long rankings when I do these two things separately, and you realize, like, 
Alexander Madison is at home on the fast track at the Dome playing against one of the top two contending tanking teams in the league, which is the Tampa yep. Bay Buccaneers. And it's like all things add up perfectly. You know, maybe Madison does – you know, worst case scenario for Madison is eventually over the course of the season – he runs inefficiently. He starts losing some of that starting role. But for week one, I mean, this is all systems go for Madison. This Vikings offense, people are treating them like they're going to be a borderline 500 team. I mean, they won 12-plus games last season. I mean, maybe there's some regression back to the norm. But against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, I expect Madison to receive a hefty, hefty dose of targets. And we talked about it on our, on our last running back show that the combined running backs on the depth chart before yeah. they added Miles Gaskin as a depth player – was like 17 total career touches. They cut the rookie Dwayne McBride, seventh round pick. Uh, There's absolutely no one besides Ty Chandler. It only has about 10, 12 career touches to his name. So I love Madison at home week one against this putrid Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. I'm going to give the great use of the word putrid. I'm going to give both of my running backs together here because they're both playing in the same game on different teams because this is an old school NFL football game. This is a team that both of these offenses are trying to decide who they are and figure out and play it safe. They might have some new pieces. They might have some uh, fresh faces over there, but they're both trying to win this game. Pivotal game. It's a divisional game and they're trying to be successful and take the pressure off of their quarterbacks who are very young in experienced and we don't know yet if they're very good or not at passing the football and it is in Chicago and with the Green Bay Packers coming into town old school NFC North football I think Aaron Jones has a huge day against the Chicago uh, defense I think he see I think he touches the ball at least 25 times whether it's running or in the passing game he is going to be uh, Jordan Love's safety valve much like he was Aaron Rodgers' safety valve because he may be old he may be long in the tooth but there is almost no one better in the NFL at turning a, a pass in the flat into a 15-yard gain and out of bounds and keep that ch- those chains moving I think Aaron Jones is going to be a huge facet in this offense against the Chicago Bears offense that was god awful against the run last year but wasn't that bad at the end of the year against the pass they people knew they could run on Chicago and so they did it consistently Green Bay's offensive line is also the healthiest been in a long time with David Bakhtiari playing in this game give it to Aaron Jones let the man go to work conversely this Green Bay defense, people love to harp on how good this Green Bay defense is. All these first-round picks that they have on the defense, they have struggled year after year and underperformed year after year. I should know I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. The defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, really likes to play in a set-based defense. He plays nickel a lot, and he allows people to run on him because he tries to take away the long ball and the pass over the top. They were one of the worst-run defenses in the league last year, and I thought for sure there was going to be a change in philosophy for this team. There was not. They did not bring any big guys to sit in the middle of the field other than Kenny Clark to help stop this run. They did not take any linebackers to help stop this run. They're going to still see the problems that they saw that they did last year. And who was the best running team in the world last year? The Chicago Bears. Uh, Maybe the Atlanta Falcons. Chicago was a close second. Yes, Justin Fields did a lot of that power, but Khalil Herbert is the starter here. He's going to get the ball a lot. I'm not afraid of Donta Foreman taking red zone touches. I'm not afraid of the rookie in week one, at least. I think Khalil Herbert's going to be the bell cow, at least for this start. A lot of opportunity and a lot of ability to get huge chunk plays in this game. So, yes, Khalil Herbert and Aaron Jones, if they're on your team, start them. That's my my two running backs. Del, sorry, I took a little while there. What do you got for your second running back this week? No, I mean, I, I, I like those calls. The Packers haven't been able to stop the run for a while, and that's what modern-day defenses are doing. They're putting all, all the chips in, in the basket in terms of stopping opposing passing attacks because that's where the league is. And 
if you want to run on this, go ahead. So I, I definitely like the, the Herbert call. I'll, I'll bet you the under on Aaron Jones' 25 touches because they're going to give half the work to A.J. Dillon. But Aaron Jones is one I of disagree. my favorite. I mean, look, Aaron Jones is one of my five favorite players in the league. I love the guy. I've had him on multiple fantasy teams in the past, but they've never given him a full workload. And But I expect he'll be very efficient on his touches. So that, that, that's, yeah. that's my take on Aaron Jones. But I like him for fantasy this week, of course. Uh, you know, one, one guy that I'm, that I'm really high on and I'll bring up, uh, I'm going to bring up a guy that we talked about also on previous shows is, uh, Javante Williams. I mean, you brought him up at the beginning of the show here. So let's go, baby. Here's, here's the reason why Love hearing it. this is what you do when you, you know, you have to change your mind as a fantasy manager. And in the summer, we didn't know anything about Javante Williams injury and recovery process. We heard from yeah. doctors that said, Hey, he tore three different uh, knee ligaments, and this yeah. is an injury that it takes a long time to come back from, right? So, okay, I have hesitation. I'm going to rank him close to Pirine. They paid Pirine big money in free agency. As the last couple of weeks, the last month has progressed, we saw that, hey, you know, we're going to let Javante play in the preseason. They, they gave him a decent, a decent amount of work in the preseason. Now, Sean, now they're like, you know – you know, he's going to have a smaller, a lighter workload to open the year. Then a quote came out less than 48 hours ago from Sean Payton that we're going to let Javante go. He looks great. So I, the, each day that goes on, we're hearing more and more positive news about Javante Williams. And look, even if the base down work is split somewhere near 55-45, you know, 50-50, even 60-40, Javante Williams has always shown He's an elite target earner in the passing game as a running back, and those are the touches that I want. And the fact that they're going to trust him third down blocking, they're going to trust him at the goal line, and especially against the Raiders, which might have one of the bottom two or three defenses in the entire league outside of maybe one solid pass rusher in Max Crosby. So I like the fact that the Broncos playing in mile high here. Uh, I think it's a great home matchup, and I expect Javante to get the high-value touches, which is the targets – uh, the carries inside the 10, inside the 20, I expect most of those. Although I do like P. Ryan a lot for the season, as a, a flex type of option, great handcuff back, Javante's looking like he's actually going to be that workhorse, borderline workhorse at the very least in week one. So I'm 14 spots above uh, consensus on Javante. He's ranked as RB29. I've got him as RB14 this week. I love it too, man. I drafted him everywhere. I I do think the Samaje P. Ryan signing in Denver helps Javante more than it hurts Javante because he cannot, with that knee, be asked to do the bell cow work. He needs to split carries, and that's okay. You can still split carries and be a successful fantasy running back in this league. I'm all for it, my friend. Let's go, Javante. But that was your RB29 in the rankings that you put RB14, but that's not where we're ending in the digging that we're doing, in the in the breakout searches that we're doing, Dell. No, no, no. We are breaking out the first ever sleeper of the week, and it's a running back. Dell, premiere this segment. Who is the sleeper that we're going to gift this award to? Who is it? Yeah, so, you know, what is a sleeper, right? Like, let's yeah. call a sleeper someone who's not going to be typically ranked high enough to crack your top two running back spots, your top three receiver spots, right? So I'm going to look to guys ranked outside the top 24 of running backs. If we're talking about a sleeper at quarterback or tight end in the future, it'll be someone ranked outside the top 12 wide receiver ranked outside the top 36. For me, running back wise, a guy I like almost just as much as I, as I do talking about Javante is actually my guy, DeAndre Swift in Philly. Like, and there's a lot of talk about Ooh. the most listing 
Uh, the Eagles depth chart literally lists all four running backs on the first team. So yeah. it, it, it's kind of funny, but all the all the, the beat reporters out of Philly have talked about that Swift is far and away the most talented back on the team, right? And, and you, you don't hear that type of talk when you got these guys every single day talking to the coaches, talking to the players, watching these practices. And the fact is, in this offense, in this Philly offense, in a matchup with a spread as big as the Eagles being favored over New England right now, you don't need to have 20-plus touches to be a top-10 running back in this offense. Efficiency is going to be king. We know Swift is one of the best explosive runners in the league, whether it's through the passing game or the rushing game here. And I believe that multiple Eagles running backs will crack the top 20 this week, in addition to uh, the main receivers, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts. So I think a lot of points are due. I don't trust this Patriots offense, especially not the against the run. Uh, they have some decent players in the secondary here. I think Philly runs all over them yep. in this matchup. So I've got DeAndre Swift right now ranked as my RB25. Consensus, he's ranked as, as the RB34 right now in half PPR scoring. Let's go. That's the sleeper of the week. I'm excited for it. I, I would be a little uh, – obviously, I believe in DeAndre Swift, and I believe the beat reporters are saying, I did not really go after any Philly running back because I don't know who the answer is, and I'd be worried to get the wrong guy that sits the bench and plays special teams. It could be Kenneth Gainwell, for all we know, but it absolutely could be Swift. And you're right. They're going to be able to run all over New England, but that's it for the running backs and that's it for the first half of this week one breakdown of the fantasy favorites we are again a member of the pittsburgh post gazette podcast family the north shore drive podcast family and we are also on the youtube channel of pg sports now give us a like give us a subscribe help us grow don't tell your friends though maybe tell your friends that we're a good podcast don't tell them you're listening to them and getting all your insight because we're helping you win your league but if you want even more insight on the steelers on, on the penguins on anything else pittsburgh sports related go follow pg sports now go subscribe to the pittsburgh post gazette to get the best insider info on the teams that you love we're here talking about the whole nfl they're diving in deep to the pittsburgh sports and talking about the steelers team that i have going to the playoffs i don't know about you guys we're not talking about Najee harris today though because we already got hate mail for our take on Najee harris in an earlier episode that's enough of the running backs talk chris let's dive into the wide receivers these are the guys the position that is growing in the fantasy community. We are seeing wide receivers drafted earlier and earlier because these guys are consistent money makers. A lot of the studs are out there. We're not going to be telling you, as we said earlier, to start Justin Jefferson because that's an automatic. Instead, we're going to focus on the fringes here and try to get guys that can help you catch up on the points. Who's the first wide receiver we want to talk about today? Christopher. Yeah, and I, I will say that uh, in regards to Steelers coverage, NFL coverage, look, I've worked in the media industry almost my entire life for about 20 years now. I've been in New York. I've been in other big markets. I don't know of a single outlet that covers more intensely and more in depth uh, in terms of more than what the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette does for the Steelers. So make sure to subscribe for the season because there could be a lot of stuff going on. We just posted our staff predictions and picks for the season. I've got the Steelers going 10 and seven, getting in the playoffs as a wild card. And I, I think a lot of the hype and optimism is justified heading into this regular season as well. But Going into the uh, wide receiver section here, and, and like you said, I want to stick to guys that aren't necessarily going to be top 10, top 12 guys, because we're starting those guys, right? So let's go somewhere in the 15s, in the 20s, in the 30s. And for me, for me, a guy I talked about a lot in terms of wide receivers is Big Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. And I, and I really love him this weekend against Miami with one of the two highest point totals on the board of their season here. So Mike Williams, look, I mean, this Dolphins secondary is missing many pieces from last season. 
they're not what they used to be when they had the top two dogs in terms of uh, Xavier Howard back there and, and other guys as well. So I, I think Mike Williams, the guy who's going to be used extensively on all levels of the field, reports out of training camp are he's going to be playing a lot of the slot. And we saw with his size running those slot routes in weeks one to four last year, he was a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy points per game. He's passed the nagging back injury that kept him in and out of lineups the second half of last year. And look, I don't know if his health's going to hold up for the whole season because that's something he has struggled with. But in this offense at home uh, with the new coordinator and Kellen Moore, he's going to use the weapons at his disposal. And right now, his biggest, most, most athletic and explosive weapon in this offense is Big Mike Williams. I've got him ranked as my wide receiver 19, six spots ahead of consensus at wide receiver where they have him at wide receiver 25 right now for week one. I got another guy that's a that's a veteran. I got another guy that is definitely a, a second option on his team, like Mike Williams is to Keenan Allen. I got a guy who is uh, underlooked or overlooked, I should say, and definitely drafted later than he should be because we've all had him on our fantasy team, and he's not exactly the sexiest in name, but I'll tell you what he is. He is consistent. I'll tell you what also he is. He has a great matchup. Dell already talked about his quarterback. We're going with Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Listen, the Los Angeles Rams. I had Geno Smith on my short list as well as quarterbacks because the Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald is was the highest paid player uh, on the defensive side of the football in the NFL until Nick Bosa's recent contract. And yet still the Los Angeles Rams have the 32nd worst payroll for defense in the entire NFL. Highest paid player, lowest amount of payment on the entire roster. Their two safeties are playing in this game. Their two starting safeties are a six-round pick from 2022 and a seventh-round pick from 2022. This is going to be an absolute destruction of defensive capability. I think Kenneth Walker might have a tough day because the defensive line is still a little bit stout in uh, in Los Angeles. I just think those people on the outside are going to die when it comes to covering DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And DK, you're starting automatically if you have him. Tyler Lockett, you should join that group. I think he has a huge day. I think everyone in a Seahawk uniform has a huge day, but Lockett to me is someone that I can trust. He's been consistent in the past. He loves the deep ball. He loves to protect himself. I think he's going to get a lot of looks, and I think he's going to be a safety valve for Geno. I love Tyler Lockett in this game. Dell, your second wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit here, Tony. I'm going to go to a double doozy here, and it's both Ravens wide receivers, right? You know I've been super high on Zay Flowers all season. I've got him ranked 11 spots ahead of consensus at wide receiver 30. I think if you're in a league that starts three wide receivers – uh, Zay Flowers could easily be your third wide receiver this week or or very solid high upside flex options. All the reports, even out of OBJ's own mouth, showing that Zay, Zay Flowers is going to be the wide receiver to own in fantasy this year. But let's talk about another guy. I've got one spot ranked behind Zay Flowers, 20 spots ahead of consensus. It's not OBJ. It's Rashad Bateman. He, he's yeah. practicing full all this week. And let's not forget two seasons ago in his rookie campaign, he was flashing as a potential year two, year three breakout receiver. I love the athletic measurables with Rashad Bateman. And if he's fully healthy in this air raid, Todd Monken offense, and Mark Andrews is still dealing with a little bit of a groin injury that was undisclosed this last month in training camp, Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman could end up leading the team in targets here in week one against a secondary or, or defense in general that I have no fear of in terms of the Houston Texans this this week. So I think they come out, they put that full passing attack on display. Lamar Jackson's first game back. He's going to be going gunning for another MVP this year. They're going to put up a ton of points in this week one matchup. 
I love Zay Flowers. Bateman, wide receiver three, flex. Start him with confidence for week one. I kind of like Baltimore, the offense in total, to be the highest scoring offense this weekend. And uh, I do think Houston's a better team than they were, but this week one's going to be tough for them. I love any Baltimore player. This next wide receiver I'm going to give you, Dell, is it, this is ugly, man. This is just it's disgusting. It makes me feel sick to say this. I, I, I am I'm uh, I am I am going to say it fast so I don't get sick. Second wide receiver I'm giving you is Mike Evans. Listen, I don't like Baker Mayfield whatsoever. I don't like Todd Bowles and the uh, uh, the coaching staff that Tampa Bay has whatsoever. I don't like the fact that Ryan Jensen retired because his knee is just absolutely destroyed. I don't like any piece of this Tampa Bay team, but I'll tell you what I do like. How crappy the Minnesota Vikings defense has been over the past two years. And I know they made improvements. I know they added pieces. I know they have new cornerbacks and new players. I also know that this offense in Minnesota is going to score 9 million points on Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is going to have to do something to keep up with it. Baker, for as much as we make fun of him, for as much as we think he's a bad quarterback, he is not a bad quarterback when it comes to throwing the ball deep. Mike Evans is one of the best contested catch guys in the league still at his advanced age. He's wanting a contract right now that obviously did not happen, so he's looking to become a free agent, maybe trade bait. This is Mike Evans in a contract year trying to get one more bag for his family. And I do think against Minnesota, on the fast track, as Dell has already said about Alexander Madison, Mike Evans is going to be the guy that keeps Tampa Bay within a reach of this game, at least early, and getting those bombs thrown to him over and over again. It's a disgusting start. It's an awful start. If you're starting Mike Evans, you feel so bad about your team, but I guarantee you he's going to get him there. I love Mike Evans this week against Minnesota. That's my final wide receiver I'm giving out. Dell, this is an interesting part of the show. This is one that I think is going to help fantasy owners throughout the season not just in week one but this has helped roster building you've drafted your team you've made your selections you got guys here you got guys there maybe some holes on the rosters maybe we don't know people are going to get injured people are going to sit when you thought they would start and vice versa but right now is when you need to start focusing on the guys that are available to everyone the guys that are out there in the free agency pool the guys that you want to find and stash on your team for future use and we're talking stashes guys that we believe believe are going to be around 25% of leagues in the world are going to have these guys, uh, or I should say 75% of the world is going to have these guys available to them. So Dell, your stash of the week is at the wide receiver position. Who is that man? Yeah, this is a guy I would consider even starting in a deep league this weekend. And, and it's one of your guys, Tony, it's the rookie wide receiver, Jaden Reed. And right now uh, we have report multiple reports that both Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are in danger of missing week one. I think it's likely yep. that Dobbs doesn't play. Uh, yep. They're going to try to get Watson right. But that just goes to show the top two receivers might be out or severely limited. Then you add to the fact that the tight end is both tight ends are atop the depth chart of both rookies and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. And you, you've got the inexperienced Jordan Love there. So Jane Reed's a guy who profiled very well uh, coming out of college, uh, had a very young breakout age in terms of when he started uh, producing at a high level in college. So I really like the measurables on him. And he, he's been locked into a starting three wide receiver slot role since the beginning of camp. And I believe Jordan Love will use that security safety blanket in the short to intermediate areas of the field. So if you're playing in a full PPR league, especially against the Chicago Bears defense, which I believe you can throw the ball on, especially over the middle of the field. I really do like 
Jaden Reed this week. I've got him ranked inside my top 60 receivers. If we get word that Dobbs is officially ruled out, I will probably look to bump him up maybe inside the top 50, so a wide receiver four slash flex area. But just for the future, these rookie wide receivers, they only get better, rookies in general, as the year, as the year goes on. So for the sneaky stash here, I'm looking every week for a player that's owned in less than 25% of leagues because in the leagues I play in, we usually have deep benches and extra flexes or extra wide receivers. So yeah. 16% owned on on ESPN right now, Jaden Reed. That, that number should be well above 25% owned for Reed. I love it. I love it. I love that it's my guy. We're finally showing Green Bay some love. And, man, if Jordan Love has to start his first game without Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs in Chicago, it's going to be a long day for me, Dell. It's going to be a long day. Let's move on to the tight end position. This is the position that's probably the most hated in all of fantasy football, but you still got to start a guy there. And we just got word uh, Kelsey bone bruise is a bone bruise. We don't know what it's going to be. He may have played in the Thursday game. We're recording before that, but we don't know what his future holds. And that king of tight ends crown could be anyone's to have. Let's dive in, Dell. Who's your first tight end we want to talk about? We'll make these quick because, again, I hate this position in fantasy, but who's your first tight end? Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about one guy that actually didn't draft much of, but when you look at the week one rankings, you're like, man, like, why didn't I get at least one share of him uh, other than a couple best ball drafts? And that's actually Gerald Everett in Los Angeles. Uh, that was my guy. Yeah, I, I you know, Tony, I, I, I think I'm coming around too late at this point. Maybe, yeah. he's, maybe he's still on your waiver wire, right? Because I don't know if he was drafted, and especially in 10-team leagues, I don't think Gerald Everett was drafted in every single league out there. But I will say that Gerald Everett has a fantastic matchup. I talked about mm -hmm. I, I love the point total here, which is why I slightly disagree with you on the fading to a take because I just think there's going to be a ton of points in this matchup overall, but let's stick to the chart. I, I do trust the Chargers offense way more than I do the Dolphins offense in this game. And when you look at Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, you know, I, I think there's a, a very good chance that, you know, there's been a lot of rave reviews in terms of Gerald Everett's performance in training camp. I don't think the rookie Quinton Johnson is necessarily ready to step in into an every down role. I don't even think Quinton Johnson plays more than 50% of the snaps on Sunday, I think that's a rotation between him and Josh Palmer. I wouldn't be surprised to see Josh Palmer completely out, out snap uh, Quentin Johnson altogether. That goes to show I think Everett is the number one candidate right now for the fourth weapon in that offense. And the fourth yeah. weapon in the Chargers offense with Herbert at the helm and Kellen Moore calling plays with a 51-point total, that's not a bad fourth option to be. So I've got Gerald Everett ranked as my tight end nine. Consensus right now has him ranked as tight end 16. So – there's not many people I would start. If you've got one of the top five or six guys, you probably Damn. don't have a second tight end on your roster. But if you're making a decision between two guys, I would pick Everett more often than not there. Let me add on, because I'm not going to try and find another tight end because I'm so high on Gerald Everett, especially this week. The Miami linebackers and linebacking core are not very good. I do believe Gerald Everett's going to be open. And also, you brought up the name that that makes this, this the decision for me, and it's Kellen Moore. That guy was the offensive coordinator in Dallas. And the past few years, how many times has a Dallas tight end beaten you in fantasy football? Many times. How many times will we be able to name him? Would you be able to pick a Dallas tight end out of a lineup? You cannot, because they are relatively 
relatively nobodies that this Dallas offense makes the automatic check down for every offensive play. CD's not open, tight end is. Boom. It happens over and over again. And that offense is now in Los Angeles. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are going to get theirs. Austin Eckles is going to get his. But the check down in this offense, every single passing play is the tight end in a short form. So it's not going to be huge. It's not going to be 20 yards down the field. Not going to be uh, big-ass catches on crazy-ass. No, no. Five yards here, seven yards here, five yards here, maybe a red zone look. That's all it's going to be. And in the tight end world, that's huge. I think Gerald Everett has, is in line for a huge season because of this offense. And I'll double down on my second tight end because when you start to uh, uh, look at uh, the way you play football, it starts to become ingrained in you. It's tough to it's tough to kick old habits, especially for quarterbacks who have played this game a lot. I already gave Dak Prescott out earlier. I'm giving out his uh, tight end, Jake Ferguson, because I do believe, even though it's a slightly going to be a slightly different offense, I think Dak is still going to use Jake Ferguson to check down on and throw those dump balls too. I really like Ferguson's ability. He's ranked far too low for me. I drafted him in almost every league as well as my backup tight end. Because he's just going to get used. He's Dak's safety blanket. And that's all you need out of a tight end, especially when you're not going to start every week. And this week in particular, I already brought up how much I don't like Wink Martindale's ever blitzing offense that always leaves space in those interim uh, intermediate valves and that's where the tight ends live Ferguson's going to have a huge day Everett's going to have a huge day those are my two tight ends Dell who's your second oh you stole my second favorite man we're like the spider man Jake Ferguson he's my second guy I'm eight spots ahead I got I got Ferguson tight end 12 right now uh expert consensus rankings have met uh a tight end 20 for week yeah. one, so well ahead on Jake Ferguson. And I talked about him in my tight end article in the preseason as well at mm. Post Gazette, at the Post Gazette website. But you know, uh, what, I, I don't know if I want to call this guy a, a bust, but I, I have not been high on Kyle Pitts all year long. And oh man, uh, stop! Yeah. Enough people have thrown dirt on Kyle Pitts's grave this offseason, Dell. Don't I, add to it. If, if it makes you feel any better, I, I, he's probably a fantastic person, Tony. So let's we'll, we'll <laughs> that. He's probably. You know, he probably is like, you know, my grandma's crossing the street with her groceries. He's helping her across the street. You know, he's a stand-up gentleman, probably runs multiple charities. And also, it, it's Maybe. not his fault. Exactly. It's not his fault. That, that's the whole point. It's yeah. Arthur Smith's fault. I already yeah. went through this with Arthur Smith before. Don't yeah. get me started on Sir Arthur Smith because he's going to run the ball more than he needs to. Yep. And I don't care if Ritter's starting at quarter. But we, you know, everyone's saying, oh, well, Ritter's going to be an upgrade over Mariota. Like, are we sure about that? Are, are we sure about that? Because I, I don't know for sure. I'm optimistic about Drake London, don't get me wrong, but Kyle Pitts has worn a knee brace almost the entire summer in training camp. Yeah. And you know who Arthur Smith brought in? One of his guys, Jonu Smith, who he coached yeah. in Tennessee. Jonu Smith, similar type of athlete. Maybe he's a Kyle Pitts light uh, type of player, but yeah. Kyle Pitts was losing snaps last year to guys like Parker Hesse uh, and, and guys that we don't even God. need to talk about on this show. I don't it's think disgusting. Kyle – I don't think he plays a full complement of snaps. It's going to be a run-heavy offense. And, the, you know, yeah, maybe he catches a touchdown, but you can say that about every single tight end in the top 20, top 30 going into week one. So I've got Kyle Pitts ranked as an average tight end, but the, the industry has him ranked as an elite top 10 option. They've got him ranked right now as the tight end six. I have Kyle Pitts ranked as tight end 15 right after tight guys like 15. Oh, tight end 15. Look, I'd rather start. You would, hold on, time out. You would start yeah. Ferguson over Pitts. Absolutely. Ferguson. Wow. I'll start Ferguson, Oconquo, wow. Laporta, Pat Fryermuth, Jawan Johnson. You're I'll starting Laporta. The guy's a rookie playing against Kansas. We are, obviously <laughs> might be either wrong or right here. Plus point total, man. What's the total oh, on man. Carolina? 
Yeah, I will say Carolina is one thing that they'll be able to do well this year, or the one thing they should be able to do well this year is pressure the passer and and make it tough to pass the football down the field. That's the only thing they got going for them. So I guess, yeah, but Kyle Pitts under Jake Ferguson is a leap, and you could very well be right. I mean, nothing has shown you yet that you'll be wrong in that regard. That's why we make these – that's why we make the show. It's week one, baby. We're throwing it out there. might get thrown back in our face. We shall see. That's it for the tight ends. That's almost it for the show. But we can't leave you without a little, little, little sprinkling of some other positional talk. There are leagues out there that have defenses. And Dell, let's give them one. Let's get Dell's defensive dog of the week. Who is it? Uh, it was a defense that you brought up and teased a little bit, probably unintentionally here. But I, I really like the Los Angeles Chargers DST this week. I think they're a great wow. Week one streamer, yes, the point total is high, but you know what that means? It means a lot of dropbacks, right? And, and we yes. don't necessarily want to pick our defenses based off the lowest point total on the board. Actually, yeah. when it comes to these high-scoring games, dropbacks lead to pressures. They lead to sacks. Sacks mm-hmm. lead to uh, strip sacks, forced fumbles, defensive touchdowns, tip passes, everything. Those are the things that get us fantasy points. We're not getting – unless you're in a league that rewards shutouts or rewards teams that hold uh, other teams to less than 10 points, usually standard scoring formats aren't set up that way. They're predicated based off turnovers and sacks specifically. And I think the Chargers have a great chance to get after two because I think the Dolphins drop that to pass a ton in this game. Chargers have uh, you mm. know, an elite pass rush going into this season. They've improved their defensive line. They've improved their secondary. So – I like the I, – I have them ranked as like a borderline starter at right around the uh, DST 12, but the, the the consensus has the Chargers at DST 24. That That's a huge yeah. difference, but I, I would be more than confident if I waited to the last round of my fantasy drafts and some of the quote-unquote elite options went off the board. I'd be more than comfortable starting the Chargers DST in week one. And last thing we're going to talk about this week, it's – I mean – who cares? You shouldn't have this as a fantasy position, but Dell, I don't even want a sentence of a description. Who's your kicker? It's winner, winner, chicken kicker. No, well, I wanted the other way. Winner, winner, kicker dinner. That's what we're calling it. Winner, winner, kicker dinner. Who is it, Dell? We'll put up a poll on which name is better. But uh, I mean, look, like I never heard of this guy until about a week ago when I started ranking my kickers for the season. But <laughs> hey, I mean, look. The, the, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys offense, like I want a piece of it somehow. If you're looking on the waivers for somebody to start, Brandon Aubrey is the starting kicker for the Dallas Cowboys this week. For some reason, the industry hasn't ranked as kicker number 20. I've got him inside my top 12 because I want the kicker that plays for the Dallas Cowboys that has one of the top uh, uh, team totals in ter- terms of expected points for the week. I'm not afraid of this New York Giants defense either. I expect the weather to be just fine, even though they're playing outdoors at the Meadowlands for week one. So give me Brandon. I, I, I want I want kickers attached to high team totals, and that's pretty much how I'm going to play it week to week. And I'm going to drop Brandon. Even if Brandon Aubrey gets me 20 points in week one, Tony, I'm cutting them first thing Tuesday morning, and I'm stashing a running back on my bench for the rest of the week, and then I'm picking up another scrub kicker come next Sunday for week two, man. That's how you got to do it. Cutthroat. Name another fantasy show, folks, that ends their week one episode with kicker discussion. No one other than the fantasy favorites with Tony Squares and Chris Dell. Brought to you by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette for at least this week until they hear us talk about kickers and fire our asses. But that's it for the fantasy favorites on the PG Sports Now YouTube channel, the North Shore Drive podcast family. Very thankful to be here. And that is all we got. Let's go. Let's play some football. Let's win some championships, baby. Let's do it.
Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette.